This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Ash Bennington. Welcome to Building Blocks, a podcast about people's journey into the Bitcoin, blockchain, and digital asset space. Join me as we seek to get to the bottom of what's really happening. Welcome to Building Blocks. Cami Russo, it's great to have you here on this podcast. Thanks so much, Ash. It's great to be here. Okay, first, a disclosure. You and I do a show together for Real Vision and The Defiant. Yeah, it's not the first time we've, we've been in this kind of situation. So <laughs> we, we are kind of talking almost every week. So yeah, but it's great to be here just like one-on-one for your podcast. Uh, and congrats on the new show, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Indeed, it's great to have you here. So we can tell a little bit more about your background, your journey into the space. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about what you did before you discovered digital assets and crypto. Um, so I, I got into crypto thanks to journalism. So I'm a financial journalist. Um, I was at Bloomberg News when I started kind of writing about uh, Bitcoin and, and crypto. Um, I first wrote a, um, a story about Bitcoin in 2013 in Argentina. Um, and then it was a few years later in 2017 when I actually started covering the space um, day to day. So, you know, I was at Bloomberg for uh, eight years, uh, started as an intern in in New York, in the Emerging Markets team, then went to Argentina, to Buenos Aires, where I spent four years. Um, then I spent two years in Madrid covering European stocks. And then I came back to New York uh, to cover macro markets. And I was writing um, about kind of Latin America and crypto. Um, and then just like really went down the rabbit hole and, right. and never stopped writing about crypto. <laughs> You know, like many people in this space, you were very talented, had a strong background, could have gone on covering emerging markets. What was it about crypto that you found so compelling that led you down that rabbit hole? Um, I just found it uh, incredibly fascinating. You know, it's uh, an entirely new industry emerging from the ground up, uh, being built, opening up a, a, a new kind of set of possibilities, um, kind of just like laying a new groundwork for how finance and how the internet can work. So it just was uh, more exciting. And I, I always enjoyed kind of um, a more fast-paced uh, rhythm for, for stories. Like um, Argentina was great. Like it was super volatile. It was really crazy. There was always something going on. I really enjoyed that. Then when I went to Europe, Covering European stocks, I was so bored. Like I was after two years there, I was like really, like seriously, just like you know, ready to leave. Um, and then I got offered this kind of job covering uh, just whatever I was interesting in markets, really. Right. Um, in New York, so I was like, fine, I'll stick around. Um, and then like I, I really, I, I because 2017 was such a big year for crypto, I had the opportunity to uh, to cover it. Um, and of course. 
I think it's the most fast-paced kind of volatile um, market out there. So for me, it was just like very fun to do. Um, like I said, re- really kind of fascinating seeing this new industry uh, emerging. And the last piece of it was just um, the people involved uh, are so interesting. You know, you have these kind of genius uh, hackers, these like really crazy investors, like all the just like wacky scammers, even, you know, just like a mix of um, of like interesting, funny, um, uh, like outrageous uh, characters. Yeah, it's like you never know what you're going to get from day to day. When you wake up in the morning, you have absolutely no idea where the day is going to end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for for a, um, a writer, like a, a journalist, someone who kind of enjoys telling stories, it's 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 pretty perfect. And we've had just uh, so much drama in in crypto uh, and in in DeFi, from kind of all the all the big hacks to like these huge like unicorns being created in in just you know a couple of years. Um, to, you know, these, I uh, like to me, the, the, um, the sushi swap and Uniswap story is kind of like quintessential, yeah. like crypto drama, like on chain drama. Uh, folks who don't know, many of our viewers, of course, will have know about uh, Uniswap uh, at, from the stories about the building of decentralized exchanges. But for people who don't know, give us a little bit of the background, the context on that story, and why it's so important to the space. Yeah. So, um, it was just a, a fascinating story. So uh, Uniswap is the first or, or one of the first decentralized um, exchanges using this this kind of automated market maker technology using liquidity pools um, to do the swaps. And they, for a long time, did not have a token. And this was something that its kind of users and um, investors and people in the space were kind of expecting. Um, but they just like were, were not budging. It, it seemed like like they they were not com- kind of um, issuing a token. Right. Um, and then uh, this new upstart uh, decentralized exchange, Sushi Swap, came and forked Uniswap. So. This is what I mean that it's kind of quintessential DeFi because all of the pieces um, are there because of how unique the space is. So uh, the SushiSwap founders who are, by the way, they're all pseudonymous. So you have Chef Nomi uh, was part of the story, uh, Zero X Maki and like all these kind of like characters with like um, cartoon avatars and like sushi kind of names. Um, these are all pseudonymous hackers and founders of SushiSwap. They pretty much copied uh, the Uniswap protocol. They forked it. And the, um, the thing they did is that they released a, a token, the Sushi token, um, and they incentivized liquidity providers of, of Uniswap to bring their liquidity over to SushiSwap. And if they brought yeah. their liquidity, um, they would be rewarded with the Sushi token. So this whole thing was called the vampire attack. Um, <laughs> And, and it was like pretty successful. Like they were actually able to drain a lot of uh, liquidity from, from Uniswap pretty much, uh, overnight. Um, and then that whole story kind of continued developing and Chef Nomi kind of ran off with the funds, then returned them. Um, and in the end, it was kind of like a happy ending. Like the whole space, uh, grew together and, and now like both DEXs are, um, 
are successful and have more liquidity than what Uniswap started off with. So it had kind of, you know, happy ending overall, but yeah. just an amazing story. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You and I are so fortunate to get to cover this space. It really is fascinating. To me, there were two really key takeaways from that Uniswap, SushiSwap story. The first was the primacy of the community, that the community has the ability, uh, unlike in the traditional finance system and the traditional banking system, to really shape the way this world works. And the second was how important tokenization is to the ecosystem, that everything can now be tokenized. Indeed, everything must be tokenized. If you don't tokenize it, your competitor will. Uh, and ultimately, you've got to yield to the will of the community. Yeah, um, I, I think that that was like a, a pretty clear sign from the uh, crypto community that eventually all successful protocols, they, they will be pressured to... Uh, to issue a token, uh, and and we've seen that. I mean, just today, uh, Optimism, this uh, layer two um, scaling solution, issued its its own token, and it's expected that um, you know, like we have a a list of projects that are expected to issue uh, tokens uh, on, on the Defined. We publish it every week uh, on our yeah. newsletter called uh, DeFi Alpha. So it's something that people are are looking for and, and waiting for, and. You know, it's obviously it's a, it's a lot about um, financial gain. Like people are, are using these protocols and they're getting kind of tokens for free. But the the deeper kind of meaning of all this, it's uh, tokens are the way they're the tools that allow uh, these open source protocols to distribute ownership uh, among users. Um, and then what happens is these tokens then give users the power to participate in, in governance. So while they're not, because of security's concerns, they're, they're not kind of one-to-one -one, um, with equity in the sense that, right. you know, uh, the percentage of your, your tokens doesn't actually give you, doesn't mean that you're, you own a stake in, in the protocol. Um, but, you know, the ways around this is that you usually, because you, you control governance, you usually control kind of the votes of a DAO, which controls a treasury. And often kind of the revenue that the protocols generate goes into that treasury. So it's expected that since token holders can vote on how funds in that treasury are used, that eventually they could potentially vote to distribute dividends or distribute some sort of like token rewards or, or something like that. Um, so it's a bit convoluted, um, but ultimately I think that's kind of the, the bigger meaning uh, behind why it's, why it's important and why, why it's relevant beyond just like simple kind of monetary gain. The fact that these protocols are distributing these tokens, it, it, it's a way to make users really owners yeah. of, of this new financial system, of this new kind of uh internet of web three. Yeah. You said something really interesting there. You said security is concerned. And when you say that, uh, you're not talking about security in terms of the code base. You're talking about U.S. securities law, uh, not violating specifically this idea uh, that securities need to be registered with the SEC or exempt from registration with the SEC in private placements, for example. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty clear um, that the, the only reason why that link isn't more um, more straightforward between tokens and protocol revenue is because uh, you know founders are um, are worried that if they do that, then uh, the SEC will 
will come and might take action against those protocols. Yeah. Okay, Kemi, this is about your journey in the space. You mentioned <laughs> the Defiant earlier. I should say, I was actually a subscriber to the Defiant personally uh, about a year before you and I started doing the show together. I was already a nice. huge fan, uh, and I was thrilled to get to do this with you and Robin. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what the Defiant is for folks who may not know and what you guys do. Sure. Um, so, um, like I was saying, I... I was a reporter at Bloomberg News for a long time. Um, as I was going down the crypto rabbit hole and writing about it all day, I pitched to write the first book on the history of Ethereum, The Infinite Machine. I left Bloomberg in January of 2019 to finish writing my book and because I wanted to become an independent uh, journalist. Um, in the end, what, what happened was that as I was writing my book and researching and kind of involved in like the Ethereum community, um, I saw that DeFi, uh, this e ecosystem of financial applications was being built and emerging on top of Ethereum. And um, I thought that was just like the most interesting thing happening in crypto and finance. Yeah. Um, and I realized that nobody was really covering the space very well. Yeah. Um, this was back in 2019. So I saw an opportunity uh, of doing it myself of uh, starting a DeFi focused newsletter. Uh, I called it the Defiant. Uh, this was uh, June of 2019. Um, initially it was supposed to be a kind of um, side hustle because, you know, my main kind of goal was to be an independent writer and freelancer. And so I would have this newsletter on the side, but then it really kind of started growing uh, very kind of, organically and um and i i saw there was like a real business opportunity there like people yeah. were willing to pay for the content that was putting out um projects wanted to sponsor the newsletter so i decided you know like this is pretty sweet like i get to um just like do this full time so uh, i went all in on the defiant and um really kind of started growing it from there from the newsletter um i started doing the podcast then uh robin came on when he was um he was at harmony this layer one chain doing content for them and he proposed doing this kind of partnership where he would create video content for me um and so he started he started the defiant youtube channel um, then I had contributors writing for the Defiant. And so there was just like too much content to have just on the newsletter. Right. So I launched the website to host all this content and it just like kind of grew like that, like just like very organically, gradually one step at a time. Um, and, and then by, by like late 2020, the Defiant looked more like a media company, um, than just a newsletter. Um, so 2021, I, I decided to just like, to think bigger. Um, I, um, through the end of 2020, I, I started, uh, fundraising, um, 2021 raised, um, a, uh, a pre-seed, uh, round and hired a, a team of 10 people, uh, and ended the year with 18 people, uh, on board between part-time and full-time, um, between uh, writers, editors, growth people, and importantly, developers, uh, because our larger vision is to become not just a media and content platform, but really an information platform focusing on DeFi and Web3. And um, information to me is 
and not just news and content, but very importantly, data. Um, to me, right now, the data space in DeFi and Web3 is very fragmented. Um, I don't think anyone is doing a great job at uh, providing uh, reliable uh, data for, for that space. Um, so we're building a, um, a DeFi and Web3 focused data platform. And so that's kind of the, the bigger vision uh, with the Defiant to become the most trusted DeFi and Web3 information source. Yeah. You famously are chief S at the Defiant, probably the coolest title in the space. <laughs> what is your day to day like? How do you keep up with this space that's moving so quickly? How do you process it? And then how do you create content around it? Yeah, so um, it's it's funny, like my role has uh, evolved over time to a place where I'm, I really am just TFS, like I'm, I'm not writing uh, anymore, I'm hardly editing either. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's so odd, like I started doing absolutely kind of every single thing for the Defiant, like I, I was writing every single day for the newsletter, I was posting every single social media post, I was maintaining all the relationships with sponsors, um, building the site uh, together with like a contractor, designer and developer, but like just like designing it myself, um, designing all the like graphics myself, like I made the logo and just like doing everything. Um, and, and then it's been really nice to be able to delegate those, uh, roles and functions to, you know, people who are actually, you know, the best to do that. Like I'm not the best designer. I'm definitely not the best website developer. Um, not, not the best marketer or social media person. Um, I, I, I am a good uh, writer and editor. Uh, so, um, I do play a role there. Like I, I'm involved in, um, every, uh, our, our daily kind of print editorial calls and I give guidance for reporters on uh, what news to cover, uh, how to cover those news. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm relying on them and on my editors to, uh, to find uh, the best stories. Of course, I'm keeping an eye on, on, uh, the market and Twitter, uh, because I, I really enjoy it. Um, and I want to make sure we're not missing anything, but I really trust uh, my team to be able to curate and to source the, the most important stories out there. Yeah, it's a fascinating story, an incredible journey. I wanted to switch gears to something that you mentioned a bit earlier, which is the book, hmm. The Infinite Machine, How an Army of Crypto Hackers is Building the Next internet with Ethereum. I understand some congratulations is in order. Mm -hmm. I saw a story uh, just the other day on Twitter that your movie, the book has been optioned for a movie. I believe Ridley Scott is involved. I mean, this is just an extraordinary story. Yes. Yeah. And I'm super excited. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, my, my book, The Infinite Machine is being made into a movie. Um, and, uh, Ridley Scott and his production company, Scott Free, are uh, co-producing it. So that was just announced, um, last Friday. Yeah. Uh, so super excited, uh, to be working with an amazing team. Uh, you know, that really means that we'll be able to get just, top, top talent, uh, like the kind of the dream cast that, that we could possibly, possibly hope for. Um, it just like, it means that 
really all the kind of doors in Hollywood will be uh, open for the Infinite Machine. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about that. Uh, now the 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 hard part is just starting. You know, like writing the script. So Scott Free, a really Scott's production company, uh, brought on um, a writer uh, to to do that. So I'll I'll kind of you know meet with him, and I will kind of love to be involved in that process uh, as well. It's weird kind of seeing this like this like my baby, my book, yeah. kind of a little bit out of my hands. Now it's like okay, it's being made into a movie, and like I'm not the one writing the script, and but um, you know I, I I have to trust that it'll be in in good hands with this uh, amazing team. Yeah, it really is amazing. I remember when I first read the story, first, I was incredibly stoked for you because I think it's just such a cool thing. But my second reaction was, gosh, it feels like we've arrived. Like if someone would have said in 2017 that Ethereum was going to be a major motion picture with Ridley Scott involved, I mean, we wouldn't have believed it. It's just incredible to see how Ethereum, DeFi, all these technologies that you and I talk about every day have mm. moved to the center of the American cultural landscape in the form of potentially a huge feature film. Yeah, that's that's why I think, you know, it's, it's weird for me to say it, but I really do think that this can be a milestone for crypto in general. Right. Um, this, this really does have the potential to be the first mainstream uh, Hollywood film about crypto. So, you know, right. like how social media has the social network uh, as like this dramatized motion picture. Uh, I really hope that the Infinite Machine can be that uh, for for crypto. And yeah, it's it's just like one more brick being laid that is it's just like m making um, this this industry uh, solidify itself in in our culture and in in our landscape. It's definitely not. Uh, going anywhere, and and now we'll we'll have our first kind of major uh, film to tell the story. Right. Um. And yeah, I think it'll just hopefully help uh, make crypto a bit more di digestible, uh, a bit more kind of understandable and relatable uh, to people. Yeah. Um. Because like yeah, like some people get uh, come to crypto because they're interested in investing and um you know making money or uh, just you know keeping part of their savings. Other people will come to crypto because they like NFTs and they like collecting these uh, these tokens um, and so on. Maybe others will come because they, they're interested in working for a DAO. But they're still kind of right now pretty kind of niche uh, use cases. Um, I think a movie and like likewise, like a book, um, you can relate uh, to what would you see in, in a page uh, to some extent, but I think, you know, more people will, you know, watch a movie and be inspired by what they see on screen, uh, than, than maybe they, they will be by, by reading a book. Unfortunately, not that many people read, but like everyone will kind of stream, uh, this, <laughs> you know, movies on, on Netflix. So, yeah. um, anyways, I, I, yeah, I, I really do hope that this uh, can help and make crypto go even more mainstream. Yeah, it has the potential to be, as you said, this major cultural moment and to connect with people on an emotional level as well as on an intellectual level, the way that you know perhaps you and I do uh, with the space today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's what kind of 
movies and kind of like especially dramatized versions of, of movies because it's it's not a documentary it's really you know um a, a story with a plot with like actors um and you know a, a soundtrack you know all of that like really yeah gets to people's emotions and and can hopefully make them um help them connect with the people behind uh behind crypto i mean that was my whole goal with writing the infinite machine it wasn't it's not a technical book it's not a trading book it's about you know the people right. who who built ethereum um and you know the challenges they faced uh, their dreams when they were doing it um and in the end they're they're just like any idealistic uh startup founder and and i think that can people can relate to that story a lot more uh, probably than you know this other narrative of like ultrasound money and and so on that's a lot more kind right. of professional yeah you know talking of which as we talk about the future what are your thoughts in terms of where digital assets cryptocurrency defi nfts where all of this technology might be three to five years in the future and what do you see yourself doing in the space as it continues to mature and grow uh, that's a tough question, but um, I would say that I see uh, crypto just starting to permeate into every single um, application, use case, uh, industry that we interact with. Um, right. I really see crypto becoming um, an additional kind of layer uh, on top of the internet, uh, just like adding that value layer the internet um so yeah like the internet is made up of different different protocols to me crypto has just come to become has just come to be um an additional uh, protocol uh, on top of the stack uh, that provides this kind of internet of value right um and so that will that will just start to uh, influence all industries um so i i've said it before but uh, i think you know in the same way that um internet company became kind of this you know uh it's kind of redundant like every company is an internet company like every company right. is a dot com um which was maybe odd to think about in the 90s uh, i think in i don't know if 5 years is the timeline uh but soon i think every company will be a crypto company and they will become like redundant to even say it because in the end Everything will, will will use crypto and blockchain technology in in one way or an, or another. So that's that's kind of my overall um, thinking on how the space will progress. And as for me, um, I hope to be still chief S um, at the Defiant. Uh, I hope that the Defiant will be uh, the most trusted source of information for DeFi and Web3. And by that time, DeFi will just be finance. So hopefully, you know, the Defiant will just be a leading financial information platform. Um, and I also hope to be writing more books. Uh, I, I really, you know, don't want the Infinite Machine to be my first and last book. I want, uh, I have um, a lot more book ideas uh, shaping up. Oh yeah, and I, and I hope that, uh, the the infinite machine movie uh, <laughs> will have been out and 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 just ma made a mark on this space as well. Yeah, very well said, Cami. It's a, such a pleasure to have you here with us today to talk about building the new media structure uh, that we need to cover mm -hmm. this new asset class, this new technology. Great to have you with us. 
Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this, Ash. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, that's a wrap on Building Blocks. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, head over to realvision.com forward slash crypto, where the crypto conversation always continues. Continues.